0: Well, it's that time of the year again, the time of the year we all wonder what the heck is going to happen in Oakland, or even if they're going to be in Oakland, and what kind of team are they going to have, and does anybody, including the management, know the names of the players on the A's? If there's one thing we've learned over the last few decades, it's every time you count the A's completely out, they will be playing meaningful games in September. And nobody knows that better than Jason Burke of Locked On A's. This is Locked On MLB.
1: You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Hello baseball fans and welcome to Locked MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. Yes, daily, even in the off season, we talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. You don't believe me? Look at my lower third. Would it lie to you? Feel free to call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who is now beginning his fifth season with the Locked Podcast Network and I've had a wonderful time meeting all these wonderful hosts and Diving deep into the individual teams as we're continuing to do this great off season in rainy California, as we're here at the luxurious Lockdown MLB Studios in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. Follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. Follow me at Lockdown or uh, follow me at Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, when you tell your smart device to play. Podcast On MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, including one, just to pick one at random, uh, Lockdown A's with Jason Burke. Um, the A's, I, ju- I just came back from um, Northern California. I'm down here back in the luxurious Lockdown MLB studios, but uh, we are going to go back, at least in my mind, to Northern California. We're going to bring in Jason Burke, friend of the podcast a uh, man who I sat in for, uh, I believe it was last year, when you were on paternity leave. How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing great. I have a one-year-old, and uh, he he's much better now. I can record podcasts again, and that makes me happy. So and yeah. then I get to talk about the A's, which makes me less happy. But hey, well, we're having a great time.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hoping that little Ricky Henderson, Sully Burke, is uh, <laughs> doing just fine. Thank you very much. You did name him after me, because I did, take over the locked on A's podcast for a bunch of episodes there. So I'm the least you can do is name your child after me.
1: Fun story. We were not actually considering, but I I made a, one of the locked on nows after a game. I was like, whoever gets a walk off hit for the A's next, I will name my son after you. And it was Elvis Andrews. So we called him Elvis Andrews Burke for a little while there. It was really funny.
0: Nice. Well, well, look, I'm not going Um, you know, I, I do feel badly for little Elvis because <laughs> you know, he's he texted me the other day and he said, Sully, the A's have never won in my lifetime. You know, what what's it gonna take? And I said, Buddy, buddy, it's a rebuilding. And he said, Yeah, yeah, but you know, I'm not getting any younger. Yeah. And technically, he's true. Um, strange year for the A's, yeah. really strange year for the A's. Uh, and again, an off season where their most recognizable trait, you know, most recognizable player is off to another team. Now, mm-hmm. you know, the Murphy deal, um, is sending, uh, Murphy off to the Atlanta Braves. Oh, uh, I, you know, we talked about that with Melissa Lockhart. We talked about after the trade took place, I think the A's didn't get screwed in the trade. I think they actually got some good players back. Um, uh, it is a little bit of this revolving cycle of A's baseball that goes all the way back to Connie Mack in Philadelphia. <laughs> yep. But uh, tell me your thoughts on the athletics uh, off season and your opinions of the Murphy
1: deal to Atlanta. It's been an interesting off season. I, I know that after the A's, you know, they haven't gotten gotten like the big free agents and they, they traded Sean Murphy, who is the people that most, you know, fans that don't pay attention, new on the team. And so they're like, well, obviously, they're going to be a bad team now, right? And, uh, I mean, no, not necessarily. I think that they're having a quietly, like, decent offseason. Are they going to be a playoff contender? I mean, if some things, like, break extremely right and they're hitting, like, their 99th percentile, maybe. Uh, But I think that they could be, like, a mid-70 win team. Somewhere in there. I think that they're going to be clawing or playing with A 500 record, the Sean Murphy deal at first glance, uh, everybody hated it. And I think that we're all kind of growing to like it a little bit more. Um, You know, Kyle Muller wasn't, he was one of the top prospects for the Braves who had a bad farm system, but hey, he's, he might just need like an opportunity. And that's, that's exciting. That's something that the A's can give him. And maybe he can be a solid piece for the A's and turn into like the next Cole Irvin for them. And maybe that's all they need right there. Um, and then, you know, the big piece is Estrulli Ruiz, uh, haven't really seen much footage of him, but oh boy, are we all very excited to watch him learn and develop with the A's at the big league level. What does that mean for Christian Pache? Uh, you're going to have to tune into the podcast to find out that one.
0: <laughs> <I'm> sorry, I I <laughs> muted my mic because I, I I started coughing, and then I realized I forgot to unmute it because I was listening to what you had to say. And then, um, there you go. I'm not even going to cut that out. No, it's um, all good. I I like deals like the Murphy deal mm-hmm. with Oakland for this reason. They got some quality and some quantity. Mm-hmm. I think that they got uh, you know, I, I'm always a little worried when they target one specific blue chipper. Uh, yeah. It you know that a lot of times blue chippers don't work yeah a lot of times a lot they'll fall flat and this was a valuable piece and that sometimes when you get you know this is a little bit of what houston did when they rebuilt in the early 2010s is they did get some quality players back but they just got a ton of quantity too Mm -hmm. and they flooded their farm system and it sometimes is even just sort of the indirect things like Having this player on your farm allows you to give this other player an extra year at this point or this player will help protect this person in the lineup or this person will add depth you you know you need a deep farm system and sometimes you need a system where some players get a change of scenery um and we'll get into any potential age change of scenery but um I, you know I alluded to this in the teaser. That every time we've given up on the A's and think, well, you know, they don't know what, the, you know, there's no hope for the squad, mm-hmm. they wind up having a bunch of players you never heard. I mean, nothing will ever be as weird as 2012, yeah. which, again, you and I remember that vividly. That that was the year they started trading away Cahill, they traded away Gio Gonzalez, they mm-hmm. traded away Andrew Bailey. I think there was another big major leaguer, and mm-hmm. people say, like, hey, those are three pitchers under 30. Who are all quality pitchers? You can trade them away. This is disgraceful. They're not even trying, and they won the next two division titles. Yeah, uh, and the twenty twelve team was one of the single most entertaining teams I think I've ever watched as a baseball fan. And oh I actually fun. got a, I got a little teary eyed when that team didn't advance because I thought they were. That was the the postseason where they had the Coco walk off with the mm-hmm. with the the facing uh, elimination. Yeah, but um, and then a couple of years ago when they when everything clicked and suddenly they became a wildcard team again, you know, it's, it's really hard to be totally dismissive of the A's because every time you think that, well, okay, they're going to be like a, you know, that, you know, they had a terrible season last year, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time think, well, this is where they're going to be for a while. <sighs> Historically, they haven't had very long stretches of irrelevance. If you look I mean, at like them,
1: in the, like the 50s, they weren't great, but that's, no, that's but I'm talking, <laughs> No, I'm talking
0: about like once they arrived in Oakland, yeah. they had yeah. the stretch where they won five straight division titles and they mm-hmm. were good the years before and after. Then they stunk for a few years and Billy Martin showed up and they became a playoff team again. Mm-hmm. Then they stunk for a few years. Then they had the Bash Brothers years. Mm-hmm. Then they stunk for a few years. Then they had the Billy Bean, the first Billy Bean wave. Mm-hmm. And... Then they stunk for only a couple of years. Then you had the, the um, you know, the Josh Donaldson wave. Mm-hmm. And then they stunk for a little bit. Then they had the recent years where they were making the postseason. So they haven't had like that Kansas City Royal, Pittsburgh Pirate, like 10, 11-year stretch where they're irrelevant when they're the
1: exact franchise that you think would be that. But They've made some moves that I think you're going to – Here's the thing that the Astros did when they were rebuilding is they just started getting guys that were league average around the diamond. And I think that that is something that the A's have done this winter. I know that Aledmas Diaz and Jace Peterson aren't like flashy names, but uh, their upgrades for the A's that is two spots in their lineup. that are now at least league average with very solid defense at places that the A's could put them and have like one of the best, like five defenders at that position, you know, in small sample sizes, obviously, but. They've improved both offensively and defensively with these two moves that you're like, yeah, whatever. They, they selected Ryan Noda in the Rule 5 draft. Let's see what he's going to be. He had like a 379 or 380 uh, on base, I believe, last year. He's he's a kind of guy that's like a throwback to the early 2000s age mm-hmm. where he just he hits a little bit. He gets on base. That's, that's his game. He plays good defense as well. So I'm intrigued by him. Trevor May. He's excited to be here. All all of these guys are excited to be here, which is a change of pace for Oakland A's fans. So I like that about this team. Um, Trevor May is also probably going to be trade bait, but he's excited to work with the young guys in the bullpen, see what they can do. Um, And then, you know, I know that they traded Sean Murphy, but at the same time, they have Shea Langeleers waiting in the wings. He was almost league average in like the 30 games that he got into. So how big of a drop-off is it going to be from Murphy to Langoliers? And if you're pointing at, well, they traded Sean Murphy. They're awful. They're even worse than 102 losses. The drop-off right there isn't that bad. And they've made other upgrades around the diamond to fill in some of those holes. Maybe have some platoons going to really excel and maybe even be a little bit above league average. I think that they're going to be a surprise team in 2023. Well,
0: I do want to talk about this, but you're right. I think it's always a surefire bet that when you put major leaguers around the diamond, you're going to make improvements. And if you want to make any bets, go to betonline.net, which is your number one source for sports betting info, news, stats, and analysis. You don't believe me? Look at our lower third. Now, get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball, World Cup, well, I guess World Cup 20. 27 or whatever. Okay. Maybe sometimes you got to update the copy, but they have everything else at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at betonline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Betonline is where the game starts. Okay. We're done stumbling over the ad read there. Um, (laughs) Hey, uh, Jason Burke, you said something I'm really glad you said because I completely I just, I think this went a lot to we we're going back to that twenty twelve season when they traded away three star pitchers, mm-hmm. but they wound up being very actually they were they were excellent that year they were not, they mm-hmm. won ninety some odd games, and it's it seems to be a a, a basic philosophy that should not be a head scratcher, but it, it it appears to be a head scratcher for some teams. <laughs> The A's understand, and you said put a league average player around the diamond, mm-hmm. and you're yeah. right. You see every year there are available, whether, by, you know, non-tendered, you have free agents who can't get a bite, you have players who have been kind of, um, you know, are the odd man out on a team, and then they go, hey, I get to be a major – I get to start at a major league level. <laughs> and league average, if you say if you put nine players who are league average – okay, then kind of by definition, aren't you going to be an 81-win team? Yeah. You know, I mean, you, and so it always blows my mind when you see teams like, well, I mean, I I talked about this with Peter from Lockdown Marlins. They're a team that actually has three or four excellent starting pitchers Mm -hmm. in their rotation. Why don't you just put a league average starting nine behind them and take your chances? You know, Cleveland right now uh, is – already a defending division champion and a 90 some odd win team and, and have the youngest team in baseball, make sure there's a major leaguer at every position. If a minor leaguer beats them out fine, but make sure there's a major leaguer at every position. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I'll always go back to the Boston strong Red Sox in 2013. Yes. They still had Ortiz and they still had Pedroya but the year before both Lester and Buckholz were terrible, mm-hmm. absolutely terrible as was lackey. And they made just made sure put a player everywhere. Yeah, you know Victorino, Napoli, Gomes, Stephen Drew. Um, you know, there's a couple other people I can't think of. Uh, um, uh, David Ross, Jared Salta Make sure there's a major leaguer at each position. Roll the dice and take your chances. The the A's aren't going to be better than Houston this year. No, they're not. Nor are they going to be better than Seattle. No, they're not. But could they break even? Could they be a spoiler? And as you said, when you never underestimate the motivation of, hey, I don't have to worry if I get playing time. I'm going to play and I know my role on this team. Mm-hmm. That
1: can go a long way in getting rebound seasons. I'm very excited about some of these acquisitions that the A's have made that nobody is really like looking into, but I look into because I care. And also I have a blog to, you know, put content on. So I have to look into things like uh, Chad Smith. He was a guy that the A's traded for from the Rockies. They traded Mm -hmm. their 2020 second round pick in uh, Ryan Cusick. And I was like, hey, what's this guy about? Like, obviously he had like a 750 ERA. I'm going off of memory right now. So 750 ERA wasn't great. High walk rate, but it was really his first ever uh, relief appearance in Colorado is where he just, he didn't have a good time, but he was, fairly okay. Other than that one, uh, especially with, with the walks. But uh, the, the thing that I noticed about him is that the whiff percentage on his slider was just elite. It was like top 10 in all of baseball on the slider, which is a pitch that, uh you know, is kind of taking over baseball right now. And you look at his repertoire and like where he is, you could kind of see like a, a less velocity by like a, a couple of ticks uh, version of like Liam Hendricks. You could see them like, mm-hmm. the, we know what we did with Liam Hendricks, what worked for him. Maybe we and, can do that with this guy too.
0: And by the way, please get better, Liam yes. Hendricks. We, that was a big topic on yesterday's show. But yeah, like he's impossible not to root for. Oh, pitcher. he's the best. Yeah. He, and,
1: the, the fire and the passion that he has, uh, what he's gone through to reach these heights. He's just an amazing person. And, uh, you know, everybody at Locked On A's and Locked On MLB uh, really wants him to to kick cancer's butt.
0: Yeah, and, you know, a friend of the podcast, Jessica Kleinschmidt, was mm-hmm. talking about him. And I, I've yet to see anyone – obviously, no one's going to post Bats things. When yeah. he's, <laughs> you know, he's got LeVol good. I never liked the guy. No one's going to – this is not the time and place. But even beforehand, he just had a reputation, whether he was in Oakland or whether he was in Chicago, wherever he was, mm-hmm. of being just a, one of the good guys in baseball and just really easy to root for.
1: He's a – he's a – I enjoyed everything about him, and also he really put the A's on his back in 2020, and that mm-hmm. is the only time that they have advanced in a postseason series. It was still just like from the wild card round to the ALDS, but uh, that's the only time that they've advanced since 2006. So, but, that, but don't don't poo-poo that. They were they lost game one of a f- best of three
0: series. Yeah. To a very talented Chicago team, yeah,
1: and he put them on his back. Yeah, legitimately did it by himself. Well, not by himself, but a big reason why they advanced. And so I think that a lot of A's fans remember that, and you know, fondly, and you know, have nice memories of Liam Hendricks.
0: By the way, I I don't want to bring up um, the 2020 playoffs that much, but I remember when, remember, because the Astros had a sub at a sub 500 record in a 60 game sample size. I mean, if they go that with a grain of salt, but of course they played the twins are not allowed to win a single postseason game. And, um, and it was clear at one point that, you know, Tampa advanced to the league championship series mm-hmm. and after beating New York. And I really thought Oakland was going to defeat Houston. And I remember thinking if the ALCS is Tampa Bay versus Oakland, the winner should automatically get a stadium. It's like the two teams. <laughs> and, of course, the ALCS wasn't played in either stadium mm-hmm. because they had to play it. I think they played it in Arlington, if I'm not mistaken. That weird uh, year. where it Was it Arlington? No, no, it's in San Diego. Uh, San Diego. That's right. Yeah. They played in San Diego. Forgive me. Ah, um, uh,
1: Sully. Locked on what?
0: I know. By the way, <laughs> the, uh, one of the reasons is that postseason, with the exception of one or maybe two games, I didn't watch. I listened mm-hmm. because it was so weird to see the uh, the Astros in Tampa, in San Diego, and Los Angeles and Atlanta in the new stadium in Arlington that we weren't used to yet. Yeah. Um, and so what I did is I listened and I imagined – the trop, and I imagine Dodger <laughs> Stadium, and I imagine you know, because because I wanted a picture in my head. It's almost mm-hmm. funny when I see the highlights <laughs> later because that's not what was in my head. But that's uh, not yeah. how that happened? Yeah, there, I think there was only two games the entire postseason that I actually watched, but I listened to every game, <laughs> and um and yeah, I remember I I listened to the final game between New York and Tampa Bay. And of which uh, Aroldis Chapman uh, led up a a go-ahead home run in the seventh or eighth inning. And I was jumping up and down because any chance that Aroldis Chapman is unhappy is, I think, good for America. And then I remember just out of habit looking up the highlights the next day. And in my head, that home run was hit at the drop. And then I see the highlight and... (laughs) it was it was either at, i think it was in san diego and it was in san diego or dodger stadium um and it was like this is weird <laughs>
1: this i have got two things that i've been thinking about as we head into to the 2023 season the first one is the the banning of the shift and seth brown he has had two different seasons when facing the shift uh one season he was better when not facing the shift than facing the shift the other season it was reverse last season uh when there when there was no shift there he had something like a 390 weighted on base which is the equivalent of freddie freeman so yeah. with, with no shift he might turn it i mean he's not going to turn into freddie freeman there's going to be like ways that you can do your defense but i'm saying there's some upside here and so when there people are saying like oh they are going to trade seth brown because you know he's a lefty power bat i'm like he could be a lot more than that they're going to hold on to him for at least a few months try to raise that value if they are in fact going to trade him because he has 30 already and maybe he just Sign him to another deal and you, you keep him around for a few years. Why not? He's not going to cost a lot of money. He's like Mark Anna, who they also didn't sign, but it doesn't matter. The other thing that is on my mind are built bars, because what makes built bars so good? For starters, they are covered in 100% chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate and they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond i'm not sure how they do it but these bars taste like a candy bar while uh, maintaining just amazing macros and what's even better is that they are healthy for you. There's only 130 calories and four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even need to wait around to go get a box for years. Since the inception of Locked On, I think, uh, we have been telling you about how you can order Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and just go get them from over there. That's right. You can head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Or if you're closer to a Sam's Club, just go in there, run in, grab a 13-bar box with their their hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me and Sully for that one later.
0: All right. got Built Bars. They're still so good. They're still so, so good. So By the way, that should be their that that should be their tagline. Built bars, they're still so good,
1: <laughs> and available everywhere.
0: All right, we're here doing a <laughs> locked on MLB, locked on A's crossover. Um, you know, obviously, I, I, I think that you made. There's a couple really good points that I mean, it's going to be difficult to make predictions of what the banning of the shift is going to do, mm-hmm. and who that will really help. Um, uh, I'm I'm perfectly fine with. It. I know some people have bristled at the banning of this shift. I'm perfectly fine with anything that allows more balls to go into play. Yeah. Uh, and like, and also, you know, here's something that that obviously there's going to be some players who are going to you know it'll help their average a little bit here and there. Uh, some it may help dramatically. Um, I hope what it also does, and this is one of the 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 unintended problems like a lot of things i'm not an anti-analytics person i don't want people to say going to make me have to be a luddite okay i'm not (laughs) but here are some of the things but i but but here are some of the things (laughs) that when you start to build a team based on a lot of of you know modern analytics you can't then talk about the pace of play because if you're valuing uh walks you don't care much about strikeouts. Well, those are two things that are going to slow the game down, or these, you know, seven, eight, nine pitch at bats. Mm-hmm. Also, what slows down the pace of play is when someone gets on base, they stay there. Mm-hmm. You know, adding the speed game adds a little bit of excitement when someone's on first. And I know it's risky, but as I said before, since when is risk not fun? This is risk part is so of the. Much fun. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like these people who say it's too risky. Did they look at like shots of Evil Knievel Evil? Go no, wait a minute, Evil, Evil don't want to jump that high. You know, maybe just go around them next time. <laughs> you know, I know it's a really up to date version. Do you watch? Do you watch the Fast and the Furious movies? And make sure your seat belt is buckled and your hands are attended <laughs> to. Check your blind spot before you go. You know, and and you know, I mean, you and I have been spoiled. I mean, you know, going to eight. A- Games and you know, for generations, they had Ricky Henderson. Anytime mm-hmm. he was on base, your eyes were on him. That was, you know, I talked about this when I paid tribute to, to the late Chucky Carr that the the speedster is a dying breed in baseball. That you know, having the person I'll, I'm get deal, I'll, I'll let you okay. take over and say it, yeah. Um, but I'm saying that the, the <laughs> if you want to add to the pace of play, pace of play does not equal time of game, those aren't synonymous. Mm-hmm. You have to have the pace of the game continue and you have the pace of the game speed up and you have to be able to say that when someone's on base there's a certain amount of excitement and what this brings us to the shift is if you have players automatically standing where the ball is going to go to uh a that cuts down the number of base hits it may be smart but it's boring but also you cut down on the the sports center highlight plays. Yeah. You don't have people diving for balls. They're there again. It's smart, <laughs> but it's dull. It's and, so dull. And so, but you wanted to bring up something about the, uh, the speedster and I yield the floor to you.
1: Well, I mean, I've got a few things just in this entire compass of why the A's are better, but, uh, story the, the big piece of the Sean Murphy deal that 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 is the entire reason the Milwaukee Brewers were looped into this deal so that the A's could go get as Drury Ruiz. He struggled a little bit in the minors or in the majors uh, in his like 19 games or whatever. It wasn't a big sample size, but he did steal like 75 bases last year. So, yeah, he's got some speed. The A's would be dumb to just like anchor him to first base. So I imagine the A's could be exciting just by that one guy getting on base however much he does and just running around the bases. That could be a lot of fun. And then uh, a, a couple of other points. The A's are a younger team uh, in 2023. They got a bunch of young guys and you know a couple of veterans out there as well. So they're going to be able to move a little bit better. They also have better defenders in the, in, on the infield right now as well, which means the shift may not affect them as much. And, Their pitchers have also just been growing up, going through all of these, the pitch clock and all that stuff, whereas some of these guys with a a more veteran rotation, I'm not saying that they're never going to figure it out, but it might take them a little bit. The A's might be able to get some wins early on in the season because they're already used to doing all these things. They're not thinking about it. It's just part of how they play the game right now. So I'm intrigued to see what happens, but those are some other reasons to be a little bit, uh, you know, excited about the A's early on in 2023.
0: Are we going to find out any resolution with the location this year, or is this going to be – I mean, uh, you and I have talked about this to death. I mean, I remember <laughs> when the the Fremont Cisco Field uh, – uh, That sounds
1: uh, it's so cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. And by the way, and I think I mentioned this before, I was working at Cisco oh, when yeah. one of the, the – I think it was the San Jose Cisco Field mm-hmm. uh, proposal went up. And I recently – uh, went to a Sharks game. Had a great time going to a Sharks mm-hmm. game. Uh, my friend, this I I think I mentioned this that <laughs> w- my friend uh, uh, my friend Noel drove me to the to the um uh I keep they, they keep okay. changing the Shark thing. Let's just call it the Shark thing. <laughs> I I keep forgetting. You know, I I also used to work at HP. There's always like yeah. and like and and she put on oh let's listen to this podcast we're on the way down and it was locked on Sharks. As I'm going. <laughs> She didn't forgot that I was a host in locked on, <laughs> but when you're down there where the shark tank is in San Jose, mm-hmm. you can really see when they're like, "Oh yeah, we can put a ballpark right here they mm-hmm. you know the they' and and um, and for a while, I really thought they were going to San Jose for a while. I really thought I said, "Do you know what mm-hmm. the stars are aligning they'll strike a deal with the giants it's 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 no more damaging than what the nats had to do with the with with Baltimore." Um, and, and that looks like it's, it's halted. They don't mm-hmm. want to put it next to the Coliseum. The Howard terminal thing looks cute. I, I will see it when I believe it. Uh, do, do you think we're going to get any resolution or are we just going to, is this going to be lather, rinse, repeat?
1: Uh, we will see. I think that there's still some feeling out of the new politicians with Shang Tao and, uh, in Oakland as the new mayor and then uh, yeah. the new governor of Nevada. So they're going to see... If anything changes on either of those fronts, but it right now it seems like a big standstill. Uh, Tim Kawakami of the Athletics has been reporting just a little bit about like what what he's hearing, like what the feelings are in John Fisher's ranks and all that. And there's there they feel a little bit more pessimistic now with Howard Terminal moving forward, but uh, there's also nothing moving forward with Nevada either. So uh, Tim Kawakami, Portland, recently- Portland.
0: <laughs> Sorry, not, I don't. I got it. I, I got it.
1: <laughs> I want him to stay in Oakland. I said it over and over. I want him to
0: stay in Oakland, but don't move him to Vegas. It'll be a disaster in Vegas. It'll be
1: awful. Well, and here's the thing that Kawakami said today on Twitter, which I thought was dumb. Uh, not because he's he just reporting what he what he heard, uh, and that is that baseball, MLB, wants not an expansion franchise in Vegas. They they want like a relocated team to go to Vegas, and that doesn't make any sense for me to me whatsoever so uh that sounded weird and they're they've already been like hey there's no relocation fee for the A's there's no that they're trying to like kind of pave it a little bit and like make it easier for the A's to go to Vegas but I don't know that Nevada has the appetite right now to just start throwing gobs of money at another team so we'll see what happens uh the, the thing that got me excited that, that Kawakami wrote was that uh hey if if they're still at a standstill with Howard Terminal and Vegas by the end of the year, maybe John Fisher actually decides to sell the team, which could be, could be good. But also with there's, if there's nothing rooting them to Oakland, they can move anyway, but that, that's, that's a gamble that might be worth taking at that point. Who knows? And
0: maybe uh, an owner's group featuring someone with Oakland ties may want to move them to a team, to a city where they used to have their triple A team being Nashville. And the ownership group there, including Dave Stewart, mm-hmm. who's probably there as a figurehead, kind of like Magic yeah. Johnson, would be, but still, yeah. you know, to have a baseball, you know, good baseball mind attacks there. We'll see what happens. Well, I look, I can't make it any clearer. I want the A's to stay in Oakland. <laughs> uh, I thought put the new stadium in the parking lot where the, you know, where the Warriors used to play, but what mm-hmm. do I know? Um, there's going to be Howard Terminal Fine. If it's San Jose, fine. If it was Fremont, fine. Moving to Palo Alto. Move to Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Move them to uh, well, move to Union City. Move them to San Mateo. Move them <laughs> to Daly City. Move them to uh, Menlo Park. How many more t- t- cities
1: in the the Bay Area? Move to Los Gatos. Walnut Creek, Lafayette, Lafayette Wanna Danville, C- Blackhawk. Uh-
0: <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Move them to. Uh, okay, move them to uh, Milpitas. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: there's a lot of places they could go.
1: San Leandro.
0: San Leandro, fine. <laughs> Give him a shot at Sunnyvale. How about Cupertino? There's plenty of money there, you know?
1: Uh, I'm sure that the Giants have jurisdiction over all those places. Fine. And, uh, everyone on the they, 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 they,
0: Let's go. Let's go to Hayward. We're going to Hayward? Fine, we'll go to Hayward. We'll go to Watsonville. We'll go to Vacaville.
1: Oh, no, please don't move them. That's so far, and it's so hot.
0: I know they won't to move to Sacramento. <laughs> they can't move them to Sacramento. Can't do yeah. it
1: there. No, they can't do it there because it's the same rules uh for the Giants because they have their AAA affiliate. I they hate they the territorial
0: the nonsense. I it's hate all that. Dumb. It's a stupid it's 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 stupid with a capital stupid. But who's <laughs> not stupid with a capital stupid is Jason Burke of Locked on A's. Hey Jason, tell people where they can listen to your great show.
1: This great show can be found uh wherever you like great shows, and uh, you know on YouTube is a great one. We're trying to get to a 1,000 subscribers by opening day. We're at like 700 or so right now. So go over and subscribe to Locked On A's on YouTube, and that would be helpful. And when you when you do that, uh, comments and like over there as well, because that helps uh, the show find other fans like yourself. So go do that. Follow us at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm by Jason B. And then uh, check out Inside the A's for more A's news, insight, and analysis on Inside the A's at Twitter, or, or, you know, at Inside the A's on Twitter and on Facebook. So you never miss an article. That's it. Silly, take it away. Well, and you can
0: follow us at Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me at, Lo- at Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram for- and subscribe to us on YouTube. Thanks so much for making Locked on MLB your first listen every day. For your second listen, do you know what? Have it be Locked on A's. In um, okay. our next episode, we're gonna, we are going to we are going to have Millard Thomas, and we are going to have Ryan Finkelstein is going to be on the show. Mm-hmm. We'll be having Dan Epstein talk about his great book, The Captain and Me. Uh, a lot of great things coming. Uh, make your third listen after Locked On MLB and Locked On A's. Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby. He's a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep in the MLB stars of tomorrow. Um, how many of them will be in Oakland? We'll never know. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Talking about the A's, hoping they stay in Oakland and putting a major leaguer at every position, and maybe give them a few built bars along the way with Jason Burke of Locked On A's. This has been Locked on MLB for the 10th day of January, 2023. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.